told me all about it. It's been a, a, a problem that's been there for a very long time. I mean, South Georgia was first sighted by Captain Cook in 1775, and it didn't take very long, about 20 years, before the, the Yankee and British sealers at that time descended on the island. And, of course, where you've got ships, uh, you tend to have rodents, rats and mice, and unwittingly, I suppose, over the last two and a half centuries, uh, those rodents have basically escaped onto South Georgia and created quite a lot of havoc uh, amongst the, the wildlife. I mean, we, we tend to think of rats as, a, well, rather unpleasant vermin, but actually they're extremely um, adaptable mammals, probably one of the best mammals on the, on the planet in terms of, you know, they can virtually live anywhere and virtually eat anything. And on somewhere like South Georgia, where... All the birds, I mean, you don't have such a thing as a bush, never mind a tree. All the birds basically nest either on the ground or in burrows under the ground, and they're very, very vulnerable to predation by rats. And a lot of these bird species just simply cannot exist in the presence of rats. It must have been wonderful for the rats. I'm thinking about them months and months of hard tack on a, a Royal Navy boat or something, and then they, they swim ashore, and there's all this free food. Uh, did they actually get rid of species? Would you know if, if there were species on South Georgia that are just not there anymore because of the rats? Well, I don't, I don't think they necessarily actually, you know, eliminated species, but what they tended to do is we've now, you know, in recent years seen that, you know, certain bird species will, are more or less just uh, found on the little tiny offshore islands where there are no rats. I mean, they just can't exist in the presence of rats. So small birds like, there's an endemic uh, species, uh, South Georgia pipit, which is actually the, the southernmost songbird in the world. Now, South Georgia pipit simply can't exist where there are rats. And so you've got just a little remnant population, or had a little remnant population out on the offshore islands. So um, a lot of the species, we don't know in terms of precise numbers, but a lot of the species just have been either greatly diminished in numbers or, you know, I say moved on into small little areas uh, offshore. So how did you go about getting rid of them? I, I presume you didn't just uh, send a couple of guys with sacks and big sticks uh, onto the island. <laughs> no, no it's, a, it's a little bit more complicated than that. I mean, South Georgia is, is not a small island. I mean, it's just somewhere over uh, 100 miles long. And, of course, it's extremely mountainous. I mean, it, South Georgia's rather like, if you imagine, the, the European Alps just rearing out of the Southern Ocean. I mean, it's a very mountainous bit of uh, countryside. And it has horrendous weather conditions. I mean, probably some of the worst you'd find on the planet. So it, we never, we, you know, we always knew it was never going to be an easy task. Um, and when you're taking on a big eradication project, project like this, you're not into sort of hand baiting or something. You've really got to find big scale means of, um, of, of de depositing bait onto the ground. So we actually, at one stage, a few years back, we, were, we had, we owned three helicopters. We went out and bought three helicopters, and the technique is very simple, really, because it's rather similar to you'd, if you were driving around with a tractor distributing, say, nitrate on a field um, with a GPS. Um, you've got a helicopter with a big hopper slung underneath it, and the pilot can control exactly where he's flying on GPS. But, of course, he's flying, he has to fly at a constant height and a constant speed, and it's a very, very specialist job. So we were using highly trained New Zealand pilots who have done this thing before, 
of being able to keep a constant height in very, very mountainous terrain to distribute the, um, the, the, the bait that we were putting down. How did you make sure that the, that the bait only killed the rats and didn't kill anything else? Well, we knew from the start, I mean, it, 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 we were trying to, we knew we would have some collateral damage, uh, which is most unfortunate because you really wouldn't want to kill anything else. But it was going to be inevitable in a project of this size. But what, the, what we're trying to do is to minimize the amount of damage to any other species. So, for example, we, would, we waited until most of the bird species had bred and had migrated north. Uh, and we had a window between that period and then the first onsets of snow in winter because obviously once snow's on the ground we couldn't bait. So we had a narrow window in which we were with baiting. Uh, we were using bait which we hoped would be less attractive to birds but would remain attractive to rodents. And, and so by means of a, of a number of things we'd, we were trying to minimise any impacts on other species. So what's the, what's the outcome? Are, are you really sure that there are no rats left on South Georgia? Well, it's, it's always difficult to prove a negative, but what uh, one does is you, you wait until... It, it was two and a half years since we put the last bait down. We had three baiting seasons, and you know, this is a fairly arduous sort of job. I mean, we baited in 2011, 2013, 2015. Then we waited two and a half years, and we then carried out a very comprehensive large-scale survey this past season, the last six months has been guys on South Georgia, often in grueling weather conditions. And they put out uh, something like 4,500 what we call inert devices, but um, devices that would be very attractive to rodents. And if rodents are around, you will soon know they're around because they will gnaw these things. We put down gnaw sticks and little tunnel traps and camera traps and all sorts of things. And we also brought in two uh, very experienced New Zealand um, dog handlers with three rodent detection dogs. I mean, those dogs alone covered something like 2,500 kilometres on South Georgia this season. And of all those inert devices, 4,500, etc., we haven't seen a single sign of a rodent. And so we're as sure as we can be that, in fact, our three seasons of baiting have actually done the job and cleared the islands of, islands of rats and mice and hopefully South Georgia is free of those rodents for the first time in the past two and a half centuries. And have you seen any changes in the endemic populations of birds? Well, even before we got to the monitoring stage, the monitoring survey this, this past season, what was very evident <coughs> excuse me, was the, the birds I was talking about uh, just earlier, the South Georgia pipit, which is a small endemic species to the island, which had been just forced onto the little offshore islands, we've seen a, literally an explosion in that particular species. Suddenly, in the absence of rats, it's come back onto the main island of South Georgia, and it's literally everywhere. And I think the most evocative comment I heard this past uh, season, when one of the trustees from the South Georgia Heritage Trust was down on South Georgia, her comment was that the, the, the noise of uh, pipits singing overhead on virtually every place that she landed was drowning out the noise which you would normally get on the South Georgia beach, which is a sort of bellowing and grunting and groaning of elephant seals. And that's a pretty amazing sort of situation. So the South Georgia pipit, the South Georgia pintail, we've suddenly seen dramatic increases in their numbers and a great increase in the distribution of these um, species. Now, other, other species, and they're the ones that are also greatly affected by rats, 
are all the smaller members of um, the albatross family. Um, I mean, the albatross family goes from the great big wandering albatross, the most mag magnificent of the albatrosses, down to the little tiny storm petrels, which are the size of you know, sparrows. And you've got everything in between. But there are a whole variety of species on South Georgia of these smaller petrels and prions, diving petrels, storm petrels, all of which nest either on the ground or underground. Now, these species will probably take a lot longer to recover because they're, they tend to be very slow in, in, in their reproduction. They only lay one egg a year uh, and, and so on. So actually those species multiplying back, it'll be a longer process, but I think it will be inevitable it will happen. Well, it's just wonderful. It must be a great sound, that sound of the pipits uh, singing. <laughs> well, I say it's the, it's the southernmost uh, songbird in the world, and it's certainly a, a, a joyful sound to suddenly hear it coming out over South Georgia again. Professor Mike Richardson from the South Georgia Heritage Trust. Now, just time for a little cool jazz. <laughs> 